Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, the last time we spoke to economist Cormac Lucy, he was making the case for increasing the property tax. Seemingly intent on upsetting even more people, he's now arguing for banks not to be subject to windfall taxes. Good morning, Cormac Lucy. How are you? Hi, Bobby. Great, thank you. Now, let's look at the backdrop here, Cormac. Uh, if we look at the uh, the earnings per share projection for the two main Irish banks uh, between 2022 and 2025, uh, earnings per share at AIB is expected to be up 169% and at Bank of Ireland, 120%. Massive figures. And we have a situation where the banks appear to be earning on the double in that they are charging uh, penal lending rates and they're uh, offering desire derisory deposit rates and basically pocketing the piece in the middle. Well, I guess, Bobby, that's always been the bank's uh, business model. It's been to lend money out at a higher rate than they're having to pay depositors for that money. And I guess people are still understandably feeling extremely sore at the way the the banking system as a whole nearly dragged the country over a cliff uh, 15 years ago. And only at huge expense and with huge hardship did the banking system get fixed and did the wider economy get fixed. But I think we need to put this in, in the context that Banking is a highly cyclical sector. So over the course of a full business cycle, just as with a farmer over the course of the 12 months of the year, there are going to be barren periods and there are going to be highly fertile periods. And the time when interest rates are rising is probably going to be the most fertile period for a bank across the business cycle. Because as you know, they'll, they'll typically raise the, the, the lending rates faster, more, and earlier than they raise deposit rates. So when that's happening, their lending margins are exploding and their profitability is exploding in the same way that if we were to apply the same analysis to a farmer uh, who's planting crops, really between uh, November and August, not a lot is happening. And then suddenly they bring in the harvest and their income shoots up. Uh, is that a fair comparison, Cormac? Like you're looking at a farmer on a one-year cycle and the banks on a 15-year cycle. Well, we're just talking about cycles of different lengths, but we, we, we don't tax a farmer on the, the, the income that – we don't ring fence the harvest period and say to the farmer, oh, you're getting windfall profits uh, in you know August, September, October. We tax them on a full cycle, full year basis. And we need to be taxing the banks on a similar basis rather than just uh, politically pointing out the time when they're making their highest profits and saying, we have some of that, please. Well, can I just put another thing to you? And let's look at the Italian experience. I think it was last month, Italy introduced a one-off 40% tax on their surging bank profits. Um, And as I understand it, the, the, the Italian government expected to collect $2 billion from that levy, um, which they were going to use to support mortgage holders and cut taxes, etc. But the share price 
in the Italian banks dropped by over 10%. And I think, as I understand it, they had to come up with a kind of a diluted model. And this governments will always find a reason to reach into your pocket and take money out of it. This notion that mortgage borrowers need assistance when house prices have never been higher, it, it's, it's tenants who are renting who need any assistance that's going in the housing market, not house owners sitting on massive capital gains. So, you know, we've got into this kind of fo- focus of government where, where governments are almost babysitters now. And if you suffer any slight setback, there's a suggestion that government should intervene to remedy that setback rather than saying, you know, government standing back. And instead of being a babysitter, being an engineer, trying to set a system up that will manage things as fairly as possible over the long run. And if we're going to manage things as fairly as possible over the long run, we shouldn't be arbitrarily hitting people with extra taxes when they come into some extra money. Isn't there isn't there a kind of a, a deep-rooted belief in most of Irish society that we really don't like to see the banks profiting at what we see as our expense? Isn't that the the kind of psychology of this? Oh, it, it's it's Shylock. You know, it's, it's the same psychology behind uh, a lot of anti-Semitism. Uh, it, it, it's, and it's also, I think, a fear that there are these big inanimate bodies that are enormously powerful uh, and they're exerting a huge influence in our day-to-day lives and yet we don't really understand how they work or who's pulling the strings behind them. Uh, so so the, 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 the big conclusion I would pull from Irish banks' windfall profits is that there's a grave lack of competition in the Irish banking market. Yeah. Uh, and and, and if, you know, that's an area where somebody adopting an engineering approach would look at the banking system and say, that's something that needs to be fixed. We do need proper competition. And without proper competition, the delay between banks raising borrowing rates and raising deposit rates is only going to get longer. And and in support of your own argument, it is kind of ironic that uh, both KBC and Ulster Bank left the Irish market and seem to have left in the cycle that you describe at the bottom end of the cycle. In other words, if they hung around for another bit, they might have been able to uh, make some money and stem their losses. Possibly. But we've seen it since the global financial crisis, certainly in the EU, prior to, to 2007, lots of large banks were expanding internationally into other EU member states. We had Bank of Scotland, Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, Ulster Bank. Uh, and, and now they're all pulling in, they're all retreating back to the homeland and that, that makes the creation of active competition in the banking sector all the more difficult. And it raises the question of whether we should be considering uh, breaking up AIB and or Bank of Ireland in order to, you know, if we can't rely on competition coming from outside, do we need to consider generating competition within Ireland? And the fact that AIB, I think, is still something like 47% state-owned. Does that have any implication, you know, in the strategy for Irish banks? I don't think it is. I think the Department of Finance, you wouldn't even call them a backseat driver in terms of how they use those uh, state shareholdings. They're, 
that they're in the boot with with a sticking tape wrapped over their mouth, uh, <laughs> and and the banks are driving on, <laughs> pursuing their own agenda, uh, and and they're they're good. You know, I'm being a bit flippant here, but they're, they're good reasons why things were set up that way. We didn't want creeping nationalisation of the banks with the Department of Finance effectively running the banks. So the Department of Finance put in independent, non-executive directors to to protect the state interest. Uh, but but I, I I do think one big area of public policy in Ireland that is grotesquely neglected is competition policy. And we, we have a state body that is supposedly doing all this. And where are they? <laughs> You know, where are they in? And, and a lot of them, they're kind of abdicating their responsibilities to Europe. So if it's Google, well, we let the EU competition authorities be with that. But the, the banks are one of the biggest indigenous domestic sectors we have. And they are suffering from massive uh, over concentration at the minute. And yet we don't hear a squeak from the authorities, either political or civil service. And do you think uh, that going forward that the banks will probably will will obviously want to be seen certainly to water down their profits that it's almost a problem for them now uh, you know these positive numbers that keep coming quarter after quarter. Well, well, a bank uh, suffering too much profits is is like a, a rugby team whose winning margins are too large, Bobby. Uh, you, you may in the press conference say, oh, I'm very sorry we beat Romania by such a large score, uh, but, but privately you're delighted. Oh, my God. On that note, I think we might leave it there, uh, Corb, because we do have the rugby uh, this weekend, and let's hope uh, that we can gain a score against South Africa like we did against Romania and use that as the parallel for our banking conversation this morning. Great stuff. Thanks, Bobby. Cheers and thanks. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.